Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining in with us today. I'm Paige, a senior at Michigan State University, majoring in communications. I'm Courtney. I'm a fifth-year senior at Michigan State. Also, I'm graduating in a week in a communications degree as well. And I'm Claire. I'm also a communications major, and I also go to MSU. And welcome to the PwC podcast. This is our first podcast, so forgive us if some things go wrong. We are excited to talk to you about some research we've been doing. Today we will be talking about on-again, off-again relationships. I feel like all of us know someone who has been in an on-again, off-again relationship. Since this topic is so common and interesting, we decided to cover it in our podcast today. So as we all know, there's a lot of negative stigma towards these types of relationships. So today we are going to dive into the impact communication has on transforming normal relationships into on-again, off-again relationships. And for those of you who are unsure about what we mean by on-again, off-again relationships, basically we mean just two people who consistently are together, break up, and then get back together again. Courtney is going to dive into our next topic. So for our first topic, I think it would be good to start off with how common these on-again, off-again relationships actually are. Everybody knows about them. Everyone knows someone who's gone through it. Some people even refer to it as a dating status. I can recall a few episodes of Friends where Rosh mentions having um, an on-again, on-again, off-again relationship. From those episodes, we can see that the stress that goes along with being on a break can cause people to go through these. These, this makes me wonder if there's a Facebook relationship status for this. I'm assuming it can go under the, it's complicated. <laughs> but anyways, this topic is important to start off with to get some general ideas about this type of relationship. I'm also going to talk about my friend's relationship, so maybe some of these listeners can get a better idea of the type of relationship or connect to some of these that, topics that I will bring up. So I decided to Google just how common they are, and according to Psychology Today, written by Teresa Di Tanato, she found that an estimated 60% of people have experienced an on-again, off-again relationship. I would say that on-again, off-again relationships are pretty common. Two of my best friends are in relationships like this, and I decided to talk to my friends about it instead of interviewing them just because I feel like talking to them is more real than asking them interview questions. So my friend Rachel has been in an on-again, off-again relationship for about eight years now. And I have experienced her and her boyfriend's fights firsthand, and they happen all the time. I don't even know how she deals with it every day, honestly. Once they fight, they break up, and the cycle starts all over again. They're together, they're apart, they're together, they're apart. They have no way of making their fights better. I feel like instead of just actually breaking up and making their lives easier, they just think that getting back together will solve all of their issues. I wonder how long their relationship will go on like this. And my other friend, Chloe, has been in this type of relationship for three years. And after going through constant fighting and being happy and then sad again, she decided to end it just because it took way too much of an emotional toll on her. Wow, I really can't imagine going through a relationship like that. Breaking up constantly and getting back together has got to be exhausting. I really wonder why couples choose to go through relationships like that. I don't think that'd be like the healthiest relationship. I agree with you guys. I personally could not go through a relationship like that. After talking to my best friends about the relationships, I decided to do some research to see why relationships like this happen and why they are so common. In an article titled A Dimensional Approach to Characterizing On-Again, Off-Again Romantic Relationships, written by Renee Daly and her colleagues, they performed a study with 299 participants who are currently in or previously were in 
on-again, off-again relationships. And they found that there were two major patterns associated with this type of relationship. So one, the first was um, positive on-off dynamics. This pretty much means that their relationship improved, which made them maintain their interest. And the second one was that there is a combination of both positive and negative on-off dynamics, ultimately changing the relationship to become more positive. Then when it was more positive, the interest levels got higher and their trying and commitment were where they want it to be so they could give it another shot. This made it harder for them to end it because they were given a fresh start. But overall, the study found that each relationship is different. Therefore, the issues can be different. This also relates to the stages of coming together and coming apart that we talked about in our class that we're both in, or all of us are in, um, communication and close relationships. These relationships are non-traditional relationships in that they do not follow a clean up and down pattern. I guess I never thought about it like that. It makes sense to some extent that trying to fix the relationship when you both want to keep it going would help bring more satisfaction to the relationship instead of going through the heartbreak of getting over it. You're right. Heartbreak is never easy. So I guess that if both people in the relationship are having a hard time ending it, then it would only make sense to try and make it work. Yeah, my boyfriend and I only broke up once just because we had been together for so long. So we just wanted to like see if we still wanted it. And I guess you could say we took a break. But even though it was a mutual breakup, we did not think that the breakup would last longer than a month. It was still really hard for me, though. When we decided to take a break, our conversation was really odd. We both agreed to it, but we both found it very hard to do. I'm glad it didn't last very long, though. I can see why some people have on-again, off-again relationships if they really don't want it to be over. Breakups do suck. I personally have only been through breakups that actually end the relationship without thoughts of trying again or taking a break. An article I once read states that there are three types of categories of dating. One is believing that the relationship was relatively stable. Two was permanently dissolved. And three was continuing to cycle between breakups and renewals. This article is also by Renee Daly, and it was called Perceived Relational Stability and On-Again, Off-Again Relationships. I can see how these three categories can sum up relationships. These are the only types of relationships slash breakups that I know about. <laughs> slash. I know. Um, the whole idea of these type of relationships being common is quite amusing to me. All relationships are different. It's weird to even think about that. Even though we are all different, we all have the same idea of what being together and apart means. The commonness of this on-again, off-again relationship are growing. I think as people start to get in more serious relationships at younger ages, this is more popular because they want it to last and they see a future. They just can't handle the stress of it sometimes. So all of this is just so interesting. I have so many questions. Like, what types of people actually end up in these types of relationships? What kind of fights are they having? Are they like knockdown drag out or just like disrespectful fights? I need clarification. I mean, obviously relationships of all kinds experience conflict. Like I know that me and my boyfriend have some sort of non-serious conflict a couple times a week. They rarely cross lines, meaning we rarely say things that truly hurt the other's feelings. But I mean, of course, this does happen sometimes. I hate when me and my boyfriend's fights get to that point. Saying rude things that have nothing to do with the actual fight makes it hard to recover. I feel you. Like, once you've said something, you can't take it back, and it's hard to move on from. So actually, Dr. John Gottman, who studies marriage and what factors play in satisfactory marriage, came up with the four horsemen and the apocalypse. He came up with four different communication styles that are indicative of a breakup or divorce. I feel like this is a really fitting topic for the subject of on and off again relationships. So here we go. 
The four styles of communicating in conflict that are red flags for the relationship are contempt, defensiveness, criticism, and stonewalling. All right, so I don't know if any of you have experienced contempt and conflict, but essentially it is any statement or nonverbal behavior that puts yourself on a higher ground than your partner. Do you mind just giving us some examples of these? Yes, I might. Just kidding, <laughs> of course. So an example of contempt would be mocking your partner, rolling your eyes at them, calling them names, anything derogatory like that. <clears throat> Sorry. Then the second horseman is defensiveness, which is when you attempt to defend yourself from a perceived attack with a counter complaint. For example, like if your partner came to you and started saying how you never take out the trash, then defensiveness would be you coming back with, well, you never vacuumed the rug. I know those are less serious examples, but you can see the potential road that that can go down. I definitely experienced that with my siblings. <laughs> I mean, yes, well, that certainly is an example of a common relationship that you'd experience maybe a healthier version of defensiveness and conflict. Carrying on, though, the third one is criticism, which is implying that there is something wrong with your partner, like using the words you always and you never are ways to criticize. An example of criticism is when your partner asks you to do something around the house and you come back with, well, you never do anything around here. Why should I? This definitely reminds me of some of the conflicts I have with my roommates. Which is another good example of a type of relationship where you could experience this type of conflict. All right, for time's sake, I'm just going to go over the last one. The final one is stonewalling, which is when the listener withdraws from the conversation. So like if your partner brings up something you'd rather not face at the moment, an active way to stonewall is just to blatantly not respond. Which doesn't sound very healthy at all. So are these all conflict styles that are indicators of divorce? Yes, but that also doesn't mean that the couple will divorce. It just means that that's the road they're heading down. So have either of you guys broke up with your boyfriends because of conflicts like these? I'm not going to lie. I've experienced defensiveness in my relationship that has made me question the relationship as a whole. But then I remember all the things about him that I don't want to lose. So I, it never really goes that far. Also, it's not like these kinds of conflicts happen every time we fight. They're rare. Same here, but I don't even think about breaking up with him during these types of conflicts. That's not to say that my relationship is any healthier than yours, Claire. I just think that every relationship is different and unpredictable. I totally agree. I mean, I've had past relationships where there's never any conflict at all, and I'm no longer in either relationship. <laughs> so I don't feel like occasional conflict, mean or not, is necessarily a bad thing. Right. In my research, actually, I found a quote by Dr. Brett Larson that kind of supports and explains what you said, Paige. It says, we argue that conflict is neither inherently good nor inherently bad for individuals. Instead, the consequences of conflict depend on its frequency, the way in which it is managed, and the quality of the relationship in which it arises. This makes so much sense to me because, yes, if those bad fights with my boyfriend that happened rarely happened often, then I definitely would not have stuck around. I think that fighting in general is just exhausting. So yeah, if you're constantly finding a reason to fight with your significant other, then maybe that's what gives conflict the power to actually break you apart. Yeah, I totally agree. So getting back to our original topic, I wanted to know the difference between what conflict styles people in a, in a lasting committed relationship adopt compared to what conflict styles people in relationships that continue to break up and get back together experience. Like what's the difference? Okay, well, firstly, let's talk about the different types of conflict styles that there are. According to psychologists Kenneth Thomas and Ralph Kilman, there are five styles of conflict. To explain these, I'll use just like an overall example to relate each of these back to. The example that I'll be using just 
um, is deciding on where you eat for dinner. We all know that that's a constant conflict that people are having. <laughs> so the first I'll talk about is called the accommodating style of conflict, which basically means you give in to someone else's point of view. For example, your partner wants to go out for American food and you want Chinese. You agree to Chinese without fighting for what you want. Or, no, you agree to American for not fighting with, it, with what you want. The next is competing, which means that you stand up for what you believe in and really don't consider the other person's point of view. So you ref refuse anything else to eat but what you want, and you don't care what your partner wants. The third is collaboration, which means that both parties listen to each other and cooperate. So instead, you guys could go to the food court at the mall and each get what you want, being Chinese and American food. Compromising is the next, which is when both parties are listening to each other. However, one person gives a little more while the other one takes a little more. So you explain to your partner that you want Chinese, but still end up going out for American. And finally, the last conflict style is avoiding, which means that someone doesn't want to fight and may just drop the subject altogether if it means a fight. It is an uncooperative approach. So like deciding where to eat may be just way too stressful. And instead, you just rather eat at home or maybe not even have dinner at all. This is actually really interesting. I definitely think I'm more of a collaborator in conflicts. I don't like conflict, but what I don't like even more is dropping how I feel to make someone else feel better. I would rather just get everything out on the table and then find a solution. I don't know. I definitely would do anything not to fight. I think I'm more of an avoider than a cooperator. I agree with both of you. This is also not to say that everyone sticks to just one conflict style. There can be definitely more than one style that you adopt in conflict. I also think it's dependent on who you're fighting with. So did you find out what conflict styles people in on and off relationships are most likely to adopt? All right, so I actually did find a study that touches on this subject. The study was conducted by Dr. Kelly Stuber, in which she had 321 undergraduate students in romantic relationships complete a questionnaire about attachment style, relational conflict styles, and relationship satisfaction. Her study showed that people who are more avoidant in conflict experience the least amount of satisfaction compared to couples who adopt their conflict styles. This is not to say that people who are more avoidant when, in, when it comes to conflict are more often in on again, off again relationships. However, one can deduce that maybe the adoption of the conflict styles that produce the least amount of satisfaction compared to the other conflict styles, that the chances of dissolution of the relationship may be higher. I actually really relate to that. My boyfriend hates conflict, and sometimes that fact is a letdown when we are fighting. I mean, fighting with someone who would rather avoid the problem makes it feel like he doesn't care at all in the first place. Exactly. I think that's why it's hard when one person is avoidant and the other is any other kind of conflict style, because I just mean, like, it feels like you're talking to a wall. Feeling like you care more than the person you're with doesn't bode well for any relationship, I don't think. Definitely not. I don't like to spend time on people who I feel don't care about me. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I wish I was more like that. I feel very accommodating when it comes to my relationships. Hey, there's always time to start anew. So true. Thanks, guys. All right, Paige is going to talk about our last topic. Okay, so research shows on-again, off-again relationships have major fluctuations in commitment, lower satisfaction, and greater conflict. So what keeps partners coming back for more? I found an article called On Again, Off Again, Dating Relationships, What Keeps Partners Coming Back, written by Renee Daly, and she found some interesting but not surprising results. They found the most common reason for getting back together was lingering feelings. Many individuals had continued feelings for their partner or missed their partner after they broke up. Some even said they keep going back because they feel that person is the one. 
Unfortunately, these were not the only reasons. Another common reason was missing the companionship provided by their partner and the familiarity the relationship provided for them. I feel like those partners who come back to the relationship because of missing companionship probably aren't going to work out in the end. Yeah, they don't actually miss the person or want to make things work. They just miss the feeling of being in a relationship and being comfortable. That just isn't healthy. Someone in that relationship is going to get really hurt in the end. I definitely agree. I found this really interesting and relevant to my own dissolution of relationships. I tend to think I miss the person, but actually just miss the companionship. This sometimes leads me to think I want to get back together with my ex, but I know that's not the solution. The study also found the initiator of the first breakup tends to be the initiator of the second or even third breakup. A similar relationship was found for renewal initiation. The partner who initiated the first renewal initiated the second and third. What do you guys think about these results? I feel like the person who always breaks up isn't willing to compromise within the relationship, but the person who initiates it is wanting to renew it. Right. I definitely agree. It seems like the renewal initiator is willing to put in maintenance it takes to have a healthy relationship, while the breakup initiator probably feels it's too much work, and that's why they continue to break up with their partner. Maybe it depends on what the partner's conflict styles are. I feel like if both partners have a competing style, they'll probably end up mutually breaking up because they'll never be able to come to an agreement. If one partner has a compromising style and the other partner has a competing style, the competing style partner would most likely initiate the breakup just because they aren't willing to give and take. That is an interesting way to look at it. Communication definitely plays a huge role in on-again, off-again relationships. So do you guys think partners in on-again, off-again relationships are good or bad communicators? It seems like they have to be somewhat both. You have to communicate your feelings to break up and to get back together. So I'm curious to what goes on during these discussions. The same study found that partners put in relational maintenance when trying to get back together and when they first get back together. But when time goes on, they start going back to their old habits and stop putting in that maintenance. This could be a major cause in their constant breaking up and getting back together. So I'm a little confused by that. What do you mean by relational maintenance? So a lot of studies have assessed the types of maintenance strategies people use in relationships. An article called An Assessment of How Relational Maintenance, Uncertainty, and Commitment Vary by Relationship Type and Status by Renee Daly found that the most frequent strategies used are positivity, openness, assurances, sharing tasks, and social networks. Positivity pretty much means just having good vibes and being fun to be around. Openness means sharing your needs and talking about the quality of your relationship. Assurances are stressing your commitment and showing love. And then sharing tasks is exactly what it sounds like. And social network is hanging out with shared friends and family. After learning about these maintenance strategies, I've now realized why none of my relationships have lasted. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm guessing <laughs> on again, off again relationships, relational maintenance must be pretty complex if they break up and get back together so often. I'm guessing one or both partners don't use any of these strategies or don't use them consistently, so even small conflict may cause them to break up. Yeah, so research actually showed that less frequent use is associated with relationship disillusion. This means on-again, off-again relationships tend to use fewer relational maintenance behaviors compared to regular one-time relationships. This study also found that relational uncertainty plays a role in relational maintenance. Daly explains that relational uncertainty is the degree of confidence or lack of confidence people have in their perceptions of involvements within close relationships. So research shows more uncertainty within the relationship is linked with less use of maintenance strategies. This could explain why partners are constantly breaking up and getting back together. 
there has to be so much uncertainty within on-again, off-again relationships, which causes the partners to put less effort into their relationships, causing them to break up. I feel like uncertainty tends to make people more reserved and defensive, so couples may put up their guard, afraid that they might get hurt again. Exactly. So I'm guessing if both partners have relational uncertainty, they're both less likely to use relational maintenance, which can lead to less commitment within the relationship. Less commitment obviously leads to lots of conflict and potential breakups. And since on-off-again relationships have so much uncertainty, breakups are likely to occur very often. All right. So to sum it all up, on-again and off-again relationships are not what most people perceive them to be. We now know that they're more common than most of us think, and also we discovered what causes people to enter into, be a part of, and then finally leave or choose to stay in this type of relationship. So always keep in mind those red flags when entering into conflict or any kind of relational maintenance technique while being a part of an on-again, off-again relationship. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I hope our podcast taught you something valuable about your relationship and also gives you reassurance that on-again, off-again relationships are very common. Thank you.